Hello, CD listeners. We've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two. Thank you. Here's side two. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. Thank you once again for tuning into this show, and this is part two of our personable and heartfelt tribute to the now late, but great, and iconic Tom Petty. 
listening to Tom Petty Radio nonstop this morning, listening to the updates, the roundtables, and stuff like that. And the term American treasure was used. That's the best way you could put Tom Petty. Uh, He deserves to be put up on a pedestal, even though he would kind of hate it. But his music is that important to us. And this is part two of the Tom Petty catalog history. Like I said at the end of part one, this is definitely starting off right at the beginning of a different era for the band just had the success with Full Moon Fever, and he continued on with Jeff Lynne, this time as a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers album and not a solo album. We kicked off this part two uh, with a little bit of an Easter egg. If you had the CD of Full Moon Fever, that's what you heard after Running Down a Dream. But then also the first song you heard there was a standout track for me off of Into the Great Wide Open from 1991, making some noise. And I think a few of you out there know especially why I chose that one. All right. We're going to move on here to the next album after that. Maybe my favorite Petty record ever overall, top to bottom. That's really hard to say. It's always been hard to say, but you really can't deny the greatness of Wildflowers. It is a just, it's a masterpiece. It really is. And technically a Tom Petty solo record, although in name only. It's a Tom Petty record, but pretty much every member of the Heartbreakers is on this, sans Stan Lynch. This is when Stan would exit the band after a brief interruption in the recording of Wildflowers, where they would go in and record those two new songs for the Greatest Hits album, also produced by Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin comes into the picture and will remain in the picture for the next few records, pretty much all the way through the 90s, which is interesting in itself. This would also be the period where the boys would back up Johnny Cash on the Unchained record and some of American 3 as well. Unchained to me is the greatest Johnny Cash record and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers had a lot to do with why that is. You should definitely check that out whether you're a fan or a non-fan. But getting back to Wildflowers, one of the great Petty records of all time, and what to choose. I could have played anything. You've all heard You Don't Know How It Feels. You've heard You've Wrecked Me. Those are the two big ones off of there. There's a lot of fan favorites on there, too. The title track, The Great Honey Bee, what a rocker that is. And, of course, that great Saturday Night Live appearance with Dave Grohl playing drums with him on You Don't Know How It Feels and Honey Bee. Could have played any of those. Some great deep cuts on here. The uh, One of a few appearances that Ringo would have on a Tom Petty record is somewhere buried in the production notes of Wildflowers. So I'll have you go look that up as well. But this one just really hit me. I heard it recently, actually, a few months ago. I think it came up on the shuffle. And it's always like, man, that's such a great song. It's a slow tempo song, but the band, it just sounds like a great live performance in the studio. And I love the riffs attached to it right there after the choruses. So this is just one of those perfect songs. So from Wildflowers, this is House in the Woods.
right, there you go. House in the Woods from the Great Wildflowers record. I may say this often enough on the show, but that record is law. You must own that record. It's one of the best albums of all time. And I always talk about how much of a production nerd that I am. And I truly believe that this might be the best produced and engineered record of all time as far as just the sound quality put this cd or vinyl if you're lucky enough to have it on a quality stereo you will not hear a better sounding record than this it's just greatness so whatever hand rick rubin had in the sound on this but i definitely want to give credits to the people that have the engineering credits on here jim scott david bianco and richard dodd with assistant engineers Jeff Sheehan, Joe Barisi, and Steve Holyrod. So, and I guess the, uh, George Draculius got a big shout out on this record too, as a consultant on anything really important. <laughs> Love that. Jack of all trades, George Draculius. You've heard that name dropped also in another one of my favorite albums of all time, Paul's Boutique. All right, and there's going to be a little break here in the Rick Rubin era because. After Wildflowers came out, which I really could have sworn in the timeline that this was afterwards. However, they had already put out the Greatest Hits record, and the box set happened as well. So there was just a lot of Tom Petty music coming out uh, around this time, pretty much something every year, which was great for me. And, you know, I, I really didn't get into the whole record label backstory stuff, but... This is still like the MCA contractual obligation thing, but the cool thing is I know that Tom and the guys had a big hand in the making of the playback box set. Playback truly is one of the greatest box sets ever assembled, and I remember watching a documentary on it on how they were like baking the tapes to get them up to snuff again, and I love seeing footage like that where, you know, behind the scenes stuff now. It started, I think, with Aerosmith making a pump, and ever since then I've always wanted to see footage of records being put together but it was cool watching them go through the tapes and stuff like that and like i said you need to have playback for sure it's like six cds half of it is all like you know a best of and the other half is like outtakes b-sides one-offs and things like that a lot of live tracks a lot of cover songs so it's just a really great set and i wanted to spotlight something from playback because i consider it a very important release this was the song actually released to radio to promote playback a lot of people don't know that but for a very brief time, this existed on quality rock stations. Uh, but if it had been on a proper record, I feel like it would have been a huge hit. And uh, it's just got a lot of appeal to it, I think. So from playback, this is Waiting for Tonight.
a little time to kill As I cross the parking lot And I was feeling lucky just to have a place to go Yeah, my nerves were feeling shy For so long I've been weary There was no end in sight I've been waiting for tonight For tonight with massive ringers brought in there as backup vocals the entire roster of the bangles right there who would have thought tom petty and the heartbreakers and the bangles on one track and that just really makes it great song they're waiting for tonight a nugget maybe you haven't heard it not only is it on playback but if you just don't have box set money the double disc tom petty anthology through the years it's also on there as well both great choices for sure and yet another great choice to pick up now this to me is the true nugget the true gem the diamond in the rough what have you of the tom petty catalog and i talked about on the last one how let me up i've had enough and hard promises and albums like that don't get much respect but they at least get a mention when it comes to talking about the catalog history of the band not only do people just pretend or just act or they just don't even know that this album exists but even the band does not give it its proper spotlight on the running down a dream documentary so the one major flaw and gripe that i have about running down a dream is the non-inclusion of the she's the one record I don't know if it's just because it's thought of as a soundtrack to a bad film, because it is, but it might be the greatest soundtrack ever to the least best movie. <laughs> so so if I hope to accomplish one thing in both of these two-part episodes, it would make it all worth it to me. The time spent and all of that is if I get the She's the One album 
in your home collection. You must hear this record. There's a couple of stinkers on there and a couple of rehashes of songs that were already on the record. But if you program this album just properly, you'll get like eight or nine real quality tracks that rival or outdo most of the songs on Wildflowers. I guarantee you this. Now, most people have only heard Walls off of this, and Walls is a perfect song, don't get me wrong. Listening to Tom Petty harmonize with Lindsey Buckingham, that is the stuff that rock legend is made of. Uh, Maybe you heard Climb That Hill if you had a good rock and roll station in the late 90s. But this song right here, this is the one that gets the box of Kleenex out for me. It is just everything to me. This is this might be if I had to pick God, that's hard to say. This sounds cliche. If I had to pick one Tom Petty song, it's this one. It might be though. Depending on my mood, this is the best Tom Petty song of all time. And maybe I should just let it stand on its own before I give you some of the background on the song. So listen to this song. And I'll come back and give you some uh, nerd facts on it. But from the She's the One soundtrack, this is Hung Up and Overdue.
hung up and overdue and I almost made a joke about getting the box of tissue out before I played that and as that last minute happened I just I lost it it's been at least 10 minutes since I listened to that song so I, this is not live but I, I lost it for the first time in the history of this show I I couldn't talk I was just, I was done. I was breathless. And it just, it really hit me. Like, the all the principal performers on there, That's it, it is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers with uh, Ringo Starr on drums. And it really just kind of happens real subtly as the, as the song builds. And uh, the, the guy you hear doing backup vocals with Tom is Carl Wilson, who to me is uh, the greatest voice that ever lived just if uh, if angels do exist carl wilson truly was one and that last minute you know with like ringo in there and just playing like only he can and uh, you know come to find out that that's also george harrison playing slide guitar on there at the end who was uncredited at the time so you've got tom and ringo and then the heartbreakers and then you add in George Harrison and Carl Wilson and just 
that's probably the greatest minute of music I've ever heard recorded in my life, and I just I lost it. So uh, if you, if you didn't now that you know that, if you didn't know before, go back and at least just listen to that last minute of the song. It's it's just perfection. It's it's the most purest form of art I've ever heard in music, and and I've I've heard a few songs in my time. So at the risk of losing it again, I'm going to try to move on here. I appreciate you hanging in there with me. Let's uh, let's build up the rock a little bit more. And uh, this album, Echo, I mean, highly emotional as well. This was Tom's divorce album, as uh, what was revealed last year in that bio about him that Tom actually endorsed. Tom had gotten into heroin, along with Howie Epstein. Uh, Howie didn't make it out uh, alive. Uh, with his addictions. Uh, thankfully, Tom did and, and gave us a couple more decades of music. But uh, watching the, the Howie Epstein storyline evolve and devolve in the documentary really truly is, for lack of a better term, heartbreaking. So <laughs> continued with emotion. So Tom's getting divorced. He develops a bad drug habit. And they start losing Howie into the darkness. Uh, it's amazing that Echo is as good as it is. I mean, the... Uh, the things that bands can do in a tornado situation is is amazing to me. This album shouldn't even be listenable at all, but it really is, once again, one of the other great gems of the Tom Petty catalog. You must pick up Echo. It's really, really good. It, it's, not, it's not a happy-go-lucky record, but there's a few up-tempo songs on there, Free Girl Now and stuff like that. So even the up-tempo stuff, it's a little bitter, but... Uh, what I love about this album, much like Wildflowers has, and much like a lot of the great stuff on She's the One has, uh, the thing that Rick Rubin brought to the band is a sense of sounding like you're just recording it live in the studio. And Echo has that in spades. And this is one of those songs that has just a great live feel to it. In my top 10 Tom songs of all time, without a doubt, just love this song love it lyrically, love it musically, I love the attitude, I love the feel, it's just everything. So from the album Echo, from a great music year for me, 1999, this is Swingin'.
Sonny Liston. Love it. Swinging from Echo 1999. That put me in, in a more positive tone and in a little better mood here so we can continue on the show. Uh, going up to the last DJ record from 2002 
and I love this record. I love the concept of it. Tom calling the death of the music industry on this album. It's a burial of the music industry and the record companies, and rightfully so. And he was right. He was absolutely right. This is not a bitter old man that can't change with the times. That it, This is a true traditionalist mourning the the uh, the life that he loves so much and what's attached to it uh, the good and the bad that comes with being in the music industry i can imagine but it's all on this record and it's a commentary and it's very important it's one of those albums that will be analyzed and discovered over time uh, it was an album out of its time so go check out the last dj i would have given anything to have been a fly on the wall during Warner Brothers listen for this at the table like you know those lunches where they listen to the album and figure out how they're going to promote it and pick the singles and what have you I can only imagine the absolute dead silence and squirming and uncomfortableness in those leather chairs and those suits when they listened to the last DJ so in an album that is considered pretty bitter I gotta say it's a quality album it does have a lot of hope in it as well honestly that really comes through in the second half of the album the first half is very much on the nose and the second half is almost kind of a wistful hope for the future hoping that maybe there's some good around the bend at least that's what i got out of it i don't know if that was tom's intention or not but uh dig the record once again i saw this tour and uh, it was the second time I saw him. The first time I saw him was on the Wildflowers tour. And on the Wildflowers tour, he probably played easily three quarters of Wildflowers, which was awesome. That's what I wanted. And on this one, because he just, it was so in his heart to do it, he played the entire album. Not top to bottom, like he would play a section of it, but he, he would play it in order, but he'd play like the first third and then break for a couple of old songs. But every time he went to play an old song, it was like a deep track. So he's going to play something off Damn the Torpedoes. So let's play a complex kid. You know, it's just like, man. And uh, okay, here's another break. Here's a song from Full Moon Fever. It's feel a whole lot better. (laughs) So yeah, and I think the encore was Mary Jane's Last Dance and uh, Chuck Berry's Carol. So that was the show. That was the whole show. So go look up set list from that tour. Just marvel in the balls that Tom Petty has playing big arenas and playing a show like this. The the show in California where they shot it for DVD with a full orchestra is well worth tracking down. Live at the Olympic, The Last DJ, go pick that up to get a, a different kind of a show because there's at least a handful of greatest hits shows out there on DVD for Tom. That's one to take special notice of. And a song that always got a really good reaction because I think, like I said, it's one of the more positive songs and one of the more pleasant sounding songs on the record is this song here. So from the last DJ, this is Have Love, Will Travel.
travel from the last dj let's take a little time out here to just give an appreciation to steve ferroni a guy who came in it almost seemed like default like oh here's a session guy that can get the job done and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he's a heartbreaker but man that guy earned his stripes all the way back to the wildflowers record that song we played at the top of the show house in the woods that song we played earlier in the show house in the woods just listening to the feel that that guy has Listening to him on that last track there, Have Level Travel. Steve Ferroni, quality drummer, one of the best ever. That guy will not be hard-pressed to find work in these uh, later years here. So, And Steve also, uh, he does a show on Tom Petty Radio called The New Guy Show, <laughs> which is funny because, you know, he's been a heartbreaker for over two decades. So he's been in the band longer than Stan Lynch ever was, so. A lot of bands are like that, you know, new members that don't get respect. Uh, But I would hope that you would have respect for Mike Campbell as well. 
one of the most underrated guitar players in the history of rock and roll. I mean, the guy is just, he's so laid back and he's so obviously not concerned with being famous. And he, he gets cooler looking as time goes on. Like he is a ageless, cool motherfucker. Kind of like a Joe Perry type, but like wrapped in a Keith Richards kind of thing. Just, just a cool dude, man. Love me some Mike Campbell. Oh, all right. Little appreciation there for the boy. Speaking of Mike, Mike did uh, the majority of musicianship on Highway Companion, along with Tom and Jeff Lynn. Those are the only three guys that get musician credits on Highway Companion, which is interesting. And okay, even in death, I'm gonna get a little critical here. I have never been a fan of Highway Companion, uh, this album here from 2006, and. I know that was a bad year for me personally, so I keep thinking, I go back to this record thinking, I'm going to like it more. Uh, you know, maybe my life just dictated that I was not having a good time, so I'm not going to like this record. I don't know what my brain was telling me at that point, but I remember the build-up to this album, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be cool. It's another Tom Solo record, you know, in quotes. And Jeff Lynn's back on the board, so yay. And... I maybe I just overthought it and overhyped it in my head, but this album just never delivered for me. I, I kept saying that just the opening track, Saving Grace, is the only saving grace on the record. Haha. But I, one thing I do know is that a uh, friend of the show, one of our rock brethren here, Pete LaRussa, I know he likes this record a lot. So, you know, I don't want to completely trash it for that reason. Also, you know, I, I called Pete last night because I know he's a big fan and I just wanted to talk it out with him and it made me feel a whole lot better. And I was like, you know what, Pete, for the Highway Companion entry, I want you to pick the song because I just would have played Saving Grace and I think a decent amount of people have heard Saving Grace. So I was like, what would you pick? What's your favorite song on Highway Companion? So Pete picked this one. This one especially goes out to him. So let him know. Let him feel the love out there. This is Flirting With Time. A coyote went across the road On the move without a home A flash of light reminded me of you This could well be your last stand Hold the sunlight in your hand Spread your and fall through I've done all I can do Now it's up
right. I gotta say, that song does sound better to me, separated from the rest of Highway Companion. But there you go. That was Flirting With Time from Highway Companion, 2006. And the album was solely performed by Tom Petty, Mike Campbell, and Jeff Lynne right there. Tom playing all the drums on the record. There's a fun fact for you. And the 2010 release that Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers put out, which would be their second-to-last record, Mojo. And the last time that I saw them live was on the Mojo Tour. They did that cool thing where they gave away a download of the album with the ticket price. And I already had the record, but it was it was a nice gesture regardless because, uh, you know, they understood. Nobody buys records anymore, right? But, you know, a band that really went out with a bang. This uh, definitely feels more like a band effort on this one than Hypnotic Eye did. So I definitely like Mojo more. Uh, but that being said, they're, they're both really cool records. But if I had to pick one, definitely go with Mojo. And he did, uh, speaking of going to see them live, he did the coolest, most passive-aggressive thing I've probably ever seen at a show, at least the first time I saw it done this well, was it was it was a hit show. That Mojo tour was just hit after hit after hit. Crowd pleasers. I was glad to see it because, you know, I, I hadn't had a Tom Petty hit show yet because I was definitely due for one. So and it was also especially cool uh, seeing him with Nola and my brother-in-law Rick, and it was just a good old time. ZZ Top opened up. It was just it was a freaking perfect show. One of those shows I wish I could relive over and over again easily. So going back to what Tom did to the crowd, so it's like hits, and then they get almost halfway through the show, and then Tom goes, "All right." So, and I'm paraphrasing, so this is not a direct quote, obviously. I don't have that much of a nerd brain about it. But Tom's like, all right, these next four songs are new songs. This is from our new record, Mojo. And, you know, do what you got to do. Have a seat. Go to the bathroom. Get a snack. Get a beer. And we'll see you in four songs. (laughs) So they did four songs off of Mojo. And by doing that, by putting the power in the crowd's hands and just kind of being like, we understand. Uh, these songs got more than polite applause each time and it built throughout that entire four-song block. Ending with this one right here, my favorite song on the record. This is I Should Have Known It. Yeah. 
right. I should have known it. A real hard blues jam from Mojo. If you're a fan of blues in your rock and roll, also chocolate peanut butter effect, add some southern rock in there because this was definitely a band that really distanced themselves from southern rock early on in their career because they were from Florida, you know, that whole area, Florida and Georgia, home of the Almonds and Skinnerd. So they just didn't want to get pigeonholed. They wanted to be their own band. So they definitely distanced from Southern Rock, moving out to California. Also, you know, put that thought forward there. But going back to their roots and where they're from on Mojo. So if you're a fan, especially of that kind of music, if you're a big Almonds fan, definitely pick up Mojo. It's something you will enjoy quite a bit. And I think it's a real quality record. Proof positive that they never really fell off so much and uh, for a band that's just considered a classic rock and heritage band had a great great catalog that stayed consistent throughout their career don't ever forget that but speaking of forgetting things a couple of things i forgot to mention i'm going to clean them out of the closet right now a couple of programming notes here i failed to mention this even though i teased it on part one ron blair actually did return to the band on the last DJ tour. Uh, he didn't really play much at all on last DJ from what I recollect. But, you know, and I mentioned this earlier with the very untimely and tragic passing of Howie Epstein. You know, they called in their brother from back in the day. Ron Blair was the only guy that could have come into this band and really been accepted by everybody from the band all the way down to the fans. And I'm glad that that was the case. It really, to me, showed the backbone of this band and how much of a family they truly are so that and man if there was one guy i kind of wish i could be you know everybody wants to be eddie van halen or david lee roth you know people like that like the stars i think a lot of people are but for me i don't think that i could have ever been a star i really don't have the look for it you know i have not even the drive sadly i wish i had as far as musical talent goes, I think the pocket of where I'm at and what I could have done realistically was be Scott Thurston. Scott Thurston is really a hero of mine because he's the utility guy in the Heartbreakers. He came into the band in the early 90s, and whatever extra color that the live show needed, Scott Thurston was the guy that did it. The harmonicas, the extra guitars, the extra keyboards, you know, percussion, all that kind of stuff. That's a guy that I wish I could have been. I wasn't old enough to uh, be competing for Scott Thurston's gig in the Heartbreakers, but it's a guy that I always see on stage, and I'm like, man, that's the gig that I want. So there's that. And one more programming note before we get to the last Tom Petty studio record, yet not the last song of the night, the second to last song. I did have to leave out a couple of releases that are important to the Tom Petty canon, I had to leave out Volume 3 of the Traveling Wilburys, which I really do like Volume 3, and I was going to play She's My Baby on there because it's just a fun song, but I had to cut it off for time, and of course it's Rock Strikes 10, 10 songs, no more, no less, and I had to leave off the Mud Crutch stuff, so I do apologize, I, I like the Mud Crutch stuff pretty well, but uh, I had to cut it off, so sorry, I'm very sorry, go check that stuff out if you haven't heard it, it's, it's fun. So I'll leave the last song as a surprise. The next song we're going to play here from what would be come to know now as the very last studio album for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers 
because there's not one in the can, sadly. I'm sure all the outtakes and all the deluxe editions are on their way, but this is the last studio album that was intended to be a real album. That's the best way I can put it. So Hypnotic Eye, and I like Hypnotic Eye. It's kind of like one of those... I always like to quote a lyric from this song because you can hear Tom's frustration and how the world is now. And he says, I'm not on the left and I'm not on the right. I don't think I have a dog in this fight. And, you know, I like to hear a statement like that because Tom never really got political in there. But when he he kind of finally did there, but at the same time, just saying like, eh, (laughs) so good on you, Tom. But yeah, uh, Hypnotic Eye is a pretty damn cool record. It's not mojo good, but it's pretty damn good. You know, it's not bad at all. Uh, This is one of my favorite songs on the record here. This is All You Can Carry.
can carry from the band swan song hypnotic eye so sad to say that i just it's devastating it really hurts but i hope you've enjoyed this two-part tribute to the late great american treasure tom petty here on rock strikes 10 i'm not doing this for the numbers i'm doing it because i need to do this for me and it really did make me feel better even though i kind of ran the roller coaster gamut of emotions uh, I'm glad I did this. I hope you enjoyed this as well. If you cared to listen to it, uh, let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what you liked, or maybe if you didn't like something, or tell me your favorite song on each Tom Petty record. I'd love to see your list. So we're uh, we're gonna close out here, and of course, all due respect to Pete and the guys from Space Beard, they are not closing out this episode. I'm sure you will understand because I just don't think we can end the show any better than this first time i saw tom live i mentioned on the last episode that he opened up with love is a long road which is just a great song and one of my personal favorite songs from full moon fever and then from what i recall he came out uh just with a guitar by himself and closed the night with this song and this is what i'm leaving you with tonight a live version of tom petty doing all right for now take care have fun i'd like to just just sincerely and honestly as i can here while we have this moment to just just thank you very much and tell you that it's been a pleasure to play for you tonight thank you for coming